Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore, joined by my colleague at the Athletic, our Toronto Raptors beat reporter Eric Kareen. Eric, I dragged you in here because you wrote. I don't. Is it a column? Is it is it an opinion piece? I don't know what we would call it, but you kind of nailed this, I think. And you wrote that Damian Lillard is the wrong trade target at the wrong time for the Raptors. And I could not agree more. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, column analysis, opinion, some that's sort of just what I try to do. And, uh, you know, you just can't categorize me. You can't keep me in a box. I can't Dave. put you in a box. Stop trying. All right. Well, let's, let's just kind of catch us ourselves up here a little bit because this week, you know, after months of speculation that that the uh, the Trailblazers and the Miami Heat were going to work out a deal for Damian Lillard, it's being reported all over the place that the Toronto Raptors are very interested in Damian Lillard and may even be the front runners if you believe some of the reports that are out there, which I have no reason not to. Um, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me, given where the Raptors are as a team. And, and I think that uh, I think in order to sort of put some context here, compare this team to the 2019 team that went out and made the Kawhi Leonard trade, because this is what people keep going back to. You know, Masai did this once. He got a guy who didn't want to come here and look at what happened. They win a championship. Now, this team is just completely different. Yeah. So let me go over the uh, starting lineup for or, or the the sort of rotation for the 2017-18 Raptors who won 59 games and that was the year before uh the Kawhi trade that that ended in you know yet another embarrassing sweep to LeBron James as the one seed this time you had Jonas Valanciunas, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Serge Ibaka uh off the bench you had Fred Van Vliet, DeLon Wright, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl, uh, you had Norm Powell, and you had CJ Miles. That like at that that's like eleven quality rotation players, and maybe you don't have a superstar there. I, I mean, not maybe like you don't have a superstar there, but like you don't fluke into a fifty-nine win team. Like, and for whatever it's worth, the point differential said they actually should have won sixty games, and and given. Not that, that we split in, splitting hairs around here. Given that their final game of the year went into overtime and resulted in Fred Van Vliet getting, uh, suffering a shoulder injury after taking a uh, a screen from Bam Adebayo, uh, which kept him out of most of the first round series against Washington. Uh, I, I'm sure this is where you thought this conversation was Oh, going. yeah, of course. Um, you know, they were very close to a 61 team. Uh, I don't think we need to relitigate what made the 
Kawhi Leonard situation so special other than but but the combination of the peculiarity of that situation. Well, it was already a very uh, good team and Kawhi Leonard is a much better player in 2019 than Damian Lillard is in 2023. How close the Raptors were at the time and how many times the Raptors had sort of run up against a wall, um, even if that wall was moving from Cleveland to Los Angeles. It made a certain, it made a lot of sense to like, take your big swing and live with the consequences at that point. That doesn't mean there wasn't any risk, but it made sense. This team last year went 41 and 41. Uh, They just lost Fred Van Vliet. um, And fine, you say Damian Lillard replaces him. And obviously, I'm not going to argue that's not an upgrade. It's a huge upgrade. But you're also losing other guys from that team on a team that had just horrific depth. I, I don't think that had a little bit, I mean, that had a little bit to do with coaching. I think there was more talent on the roster that then ended up being used, but this was not a deep NBA team. And so that's why you don't do it on top of he's 33, has eyes for one city. And, and yeah, you add this guy, are you in a, are you an A-level contender in the Eastern Conference? I don't really think so. I think you're behind Milwaukee and Boston and then in the next group with uh, Cleveland and uh, I'm missing Philadelphia, depending on what happens with them. And maybe you only have one or two years at this. It's just so much downside risk for what it's going to cost. And we can get into that uh, right now, if you'd like. Well, and the, here's the thing. Our opinion on this doesn't matter right so this trade could happen so i want to kind of go through this because again they are the supposed front runners to get damian lillard and you laid out some scenarios in in this piece where they could go out and get damian lillard and you mentioned pascal siakam but to me if you're gonna if you're gonna include pascal siakam in this trade uh why are you making the trade i mean pascal siakam Uh, is at least on the same level i think as damian lillard as far as uh, uh as a player um especially when you consider how good he is as a defender so you give him up i mean the whole point would be to add damian lillard to pascal siakam yeah he i i like i included it for completions sake but i don't see any viable way that that trade makes any sense for the raptors right now the the one trade that has been kind of thrown out there is that maybe og ananobi and again og ananobi is on an expiring deal, just like Pascal Siakam. Uh, OG Ananobi would be on an expiring deal, so you could see, like, okay, this this might work for, for Portland because that's a guy that they could maybe flip and get more assets for. Um, it doesn't make that much sense to me because, once again, if you're the Raptors, I would want to add Lillard to OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam because that's your path to contention. The whole, the whole point of getting Damian Lillard would be to try to take one good swing at this, right? Uh, so I'll preface this by saying I think the most likely trade would it happen would be one centered on OG Ananobi. Um, and we're going to talk about the other option after this. But I think that's most likely. 
just because we can say his name, Scotty Barnes objectively has more value as somebody who's just gone into the third year of his rookie contract. He has, you know, tantalizing upside, even if he hasn't reached it. Uh, But I I think a trade built around Ananobi, them unlocking the 2024 pick, or I, I should say unprotecting the 2024 pick they owe to San Antonio, which is currently protected one through six, which would allow them to trade 26, 28, and 30 uh, to Portland if they wanted to do that. Plus adding, uh, let's say, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher, and, you know, salary filler, Thaddeus Young, um, and then having Portland move Ananobi, presumably they don't want him in addition to Jeremy Grant, uh, and, and get a younger player or a player who more obviously fits, the obvious name there being... uh, DeAndre Ayton like that makes some sense for all parties involved and you can't extend Ananobi that's one of the things here and that's one of the reasons the Raptors have to consider this path you can't you could probably extend Siakam he's said he's open to an extension the most you can offer OG Ananobi right now based on his contract is uh it's sort of like the Jalen Brown conversation before he made all NBA. You could only offer him a four-year only, geez. Uh a four-year $117 million contract. I think that's, that's all? the number. Um, and we saw with the Jeremy Grant contract, like uh I love I like Jeremy Grant. OG Ananobi is a better defensive player than Jeremy Grant. He's probably not quite the offensive player that Jeremy Grant is, but he's also younger and, and certainly thinks he can. He's heading for at least that contract, if not more, uh, per per year, I, I would say. So you could see why Portland would be hesitant to hold on to him. But also, the Raptors have to think about a world in which Ananobi and Siakam and Gary Trent are all free agents, and that's not a world they want to be in either. So they that is the level... That's what a big part of what causes the urgency to go one way or the other. And I think Ananobi is the most likely route there. Saying that, I have questions about how the uh, the version of the team that moves Ananobi would look in the short term. And like you said, and by short term, I mean, let's say two years, okay? Right. So two years. How does that team look compared to say, Siakam and Damian Lillard make total sense together. Jakob Pertl, like, maybe you'd rather, obviously, you'd rather somebody with more shooting, but, like, he's a very good defender at center. Makes sense. And then OG Ananobi, he spaces the floor a little bit, doesn't need the ball as much, and just isn't a guy who needs to be a screening partner or have the ball. Like, that is, like, as good of a defensive core to protect Damian Lillard, I think, as you could ask, as, as you could reasonably ask for. And, and I think that is the Raptors' best path to winning now in a Lillard trade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The, the only issue with that, with, with OG Ananobi going to Portland, they already have a guy that they need to flip in Jeremy Grant, right? Like that's going to be the next stage of, of this yeah. teardown that they're going to go through is to, <laughs> well, they got to wait a few months, right? Exactly. Cause they did just <laughs> sign him in the off season to this, to this huge contract. So uh, I don't know that, that they would necessarily be interested in OG Ananobi unless you could rope in a third team, which of course we've heard reports that, that they would rope in uh Phoenix to get Aiton to Portland and maybe Nurkic to Phoenix, which if you're Phoenix, I look, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the thinking is there. Aiton is a, a pretty good player, and, and Nurkic is not the defender he used to be. So I, I don't know what their thought is there. But the the deal that makes the most sense to me, if you're Toronto, is one that includes Scotty Barnes. You know, uh, he had he had a down second year, and it, I'm not out on Scotty Barnes in in any way whatsoever. But I don't think this is a guy who who's ready to contribute heavily to a team that would want to be a top three seed and make it to a conference finals. I, I just don't think he's that, that level of player. And, and he makes the most sense for Portland because he would be another young guy and you could see, okay, well maybe Toronto doesn't have to come up with the draft assets that they might, if they were, you know, including OG Ananobi in a trade. I mean, is there a world in which Toronto, I hate to say gives up on because it wouldn't be giving up. You'd be getting a, a much better player. But is, is there a world in which Toronto says, hey, you know what? We're good. We're going to move Scotty Barnes. We're going to take this swing in this short-term window that we've got with, with Pascal and OG and, and Damian Lillard. You say maybe two years out of the four years of his contract that you expect him to be, you know, maybe at this level. Is that something you can see Toronto doing? So I'm almost like completely aligned with you here, which makes for great podcasting. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I don't like I don't like conflicts. So yeah, um, I do, so I'll answer the question directly. I don't think it happens. This this front office is always keeping an eye toward the future, and even with the Kawhi trade, like they sent out Demar, who was the mon- like Demar's great player. But he was the money who had to be included. He he was obviously the the value uh, or, or the the a part to make the deal work. And in terms of future assets, they gave up one first round pick and Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl at the time maybe their third or fourth most valuable young player. Certainly, you would put him behind Siakam and Van Vliet, uh, probably OG as well at the time. And then a first round pick, which ended up, I think it became Keldon Johnson. But if you're getting Kawhi Leonard, you're like, okay, we can give up our first round pick. We're probably going to be pretty good. And this pick will be in the 20s, as it was. They see Scotty Barnes as a bridge to the future. I'm like, after a bad year, I'm not ready, uh, like a disappointing year. He His numbers were still fine, but obviously you would have liked some leaps in areas we didn't see them. They still see him as as a bridge of sorts to their future, to the future. And he's definitely their best young asset. I can't 
you know, I'm not going to deny that. But if you're asking me, would I rather give up Scotty Barnes and one first round pick or OG Ananobi and three first round picks and another swap? I'd rather do the former. But I like I'm making up this value right now. Right. But that that's I would just feel really hung out there on the edge if I am giving all my pick power to Portland for Damian Lillard, given all the realities of the situation, which I'm sure you've talked about in your <laughs> yeah, last couple yeah, like, shows. Listen, there's uh, nothing don't, happening don't right to, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to re uh, to say all the things that, that need to be said with Damian Lillard. Um, it, it's, it's just a lot. Uh, and throwing in three picks, which Michael Grange reported would be necessary, Michael Grange of Sportsnet, and maybe a pick swap, and who knows, maybe Grady Dick too. That's just like, it's a lot for where this team is. Meanwhile, Scotty Barnes, if you're if you're Portland, Scotty Barnes kind of uh, gives you another jump start on the rebuild, right? It, it not only is it not a guy like OG Ananobi that you're going to have to find a home for, right, to to get some value out of, or pay next summer. It, it's he's a guy who might fit nicely with what you have going on already with, with Scoot and Shadon Sharp is like your, you know. Uh, theoretical one and two of the future. I don't know what Anthony Simons winds up being in this scenario. Uh, I'm not as high on Simons um, as as some other people. Because uh, I, I care about or, defense. He's traded or he's a sixth man. Like, yeah, he, he's sure. something else. Uh, and, and Scotty Barnes could kind of slide in there. Now, one of the problems with Scotty Barnes, and, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this upcoming season, is I think Scotty Barnes has not really been given a defined role in Toronto by the coaching staff there the uh, previous two seasons. And so I wonder if, if there isn't a scenario where you're Toronto and you want to say, uh, we need to just see this guy under a, a different coaching staff, maybe in a different system, which they will this year because they've got a new a new head coach. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think they're trading them. So uh, I, I think they still believe in them a ton. Uh, Darko Ryakovich, from when I talked out, talked to him out in Vegas, is like super high on him. Um, he's, it, it's certainly been an odd dynamic over the last, you know, more so last year than two years ago in his rookie year. But like, when you had Fred Van Vliet, who's, who got used to having the ball in his hands, and you have Pascal Siakam, who's just like, his strengths are very similar, let's say, to, to Barnes, in that they both excel as bigger forwards with, with the ball in their hands, or that's what we think Scotty Barnes wants to do, pretty much. It just becomes an odd fit. And, and like, to take it back to Lillard, uh, this is what I was hinting at earlier when we were talking about Ananobi. If it's Barnes who stays instead of Ananobi, you can't have like you can't include all these guys in in basic pick and roll actions. And if you're not having Lillard running a lot of pick and roll, all of a sudden either Scotty Barnes is standing in the corner or Pascal Siakam is starting standing in the corner. And I just uh, I not that it's unworkable because they're they're both very talented players in in I will in different if not entirely different ways, but it's gonna it would be an experiment of spacing and fit and this is a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting 
so once you're removing one of Adenobi or Gary Trent, like it becomes even more complicated, even if Lillard adds a ton of it on his own. It's just an odd fit to me. Uh, the trio, especially when you add in Yakub Pertle of Lillard, Siakam, and Barnes. Uh, and more so, and this is what I've been trying to figure out for the last year before Lillard even became a part of this conversation, Siakam and Barnes. And I think that's where, I, I don't mean it's like interpersonal, but that's where some of like the stylistic tension and and, and just lack of fit comes from on this roster is that they are at heart, you know, very solidly similar players. Pretty similar, yeah. I mean, they can do a lot. They can just do so they, much better, right? Yeah, right now they, but they can both do a lot. But what they can't do, reliably making three pointers, and what they're good at, you know, being involved like with the ball in some way, sort of limits their utility when they're not in that situation and it's complex and i mean the raptors half court offense has not been good the last few years and i I don't think you know that's a coincidence like it's just it's a hard puzzle to make work i mean this season coming up it's kind of a crossroads season for toronto you know they've got yeah so was the trade deadline last year and so was this (laughs) offseason i i answered somebody i I can't believe they didn't move these guys like, I can't like, believe like, they didn't move these guys last year at the deadline, man. I, I mean, I am just shocked to to push it off to now. I mean, again, they they lose Fred Van Vliet during the you know during the summer. They're going to have a decision to make on OG Ananobi and on Pascal Siakam, no matter what. I mean, is there a scenario in which they don't make this Damian Lillard trade, and then they wind up moving both OG and Pascal Siakam this this year before the trade deadline, and we just witness? Another, I mean, it would be the first real teardown since Masai got there. Yeah, what's funny is he came to Toronto and everybody was like waiting for the teardown. He's going to tear it down. I uh, remember all the stories were like, finally, Masai is going to get a chance to tear something down. And then he makes the, you know, the big trade and they get Kawhi and then win a title. Uh, Well, I I mean, just take it back to 2013-14. We were a James Dolan... uh, uh, veto basically away from Kyle Lowry going to the Knicks and uh, and uh, who knows what happens to DeMar at that point and, and we might have seen like a real real teardown and uh, I, I think with a title under the Raptors belt uh, the fans will will take the results but it's just funny looking back on Masai Ujiri's tenure and, and like everybody thought this was going to be like the first media day, the 2013 media day. I remember there was a question specifically about taking and I don't even remember who, which player it was giving the, the interviewer a like the side eye saying, you know, cause we know players don't tank. It's organizations right. that take. Um, I've forgotten your actual question now, but there's well, a, yeah. Could there, we no, see no, no, this, I, I, this yeah, be a teardown? A, yeah. There's a chance I would be surprised if both of them were traded. It wouldn't shock me, but like I think the most sensible thing is that one of them is traded and one of them is extended because I, I I don't think there's a ton of appetite for like, and they saw right they've seen what has been out there for both players. That is the benefit of the deadline and the off season. It's not like they've lacked for offers on these players. It's not like they don't know what the current market value is. Now the market 
value will always be changing, but they approximately know what they can get, which is why, in all honesty, a trade hasn't happened. Obviously, they haven't been overwhelmed by such an offer, but I, I think they're almost, if this trade or a similar trade, and I don't know who that would be, doesn't manifest, you know, barring this fitting way better under a new coach than it did under an old, the old coach, Nick Nurse, who like, whatever you think of him is a pretty smart guy when it comes to basketball. Um, I think one of them would be very likely to go saying that I am, I am just making no proclamations about them definitely trading anybody because I, I was with you on the, at the deadline. I, I don't know how many, trade columns i wrote i don't know about the off-season columns about potential trades we've all heard the rumors about siakam to atlanta this this front office is patient i've argued some others have argued sometimes patient to a fault but to their credit if you think it's worth the credit there they've been patient to put themselves in a position to get in the damian lillard conversation and if that's something they see as worthwhile while well, that patience will have paid off for for their ultimate view we could but disagree. this is ultimately though this is ultimately yeah. about being in the Giannis Antetokounmpo conversation and the Joel Embiid conversation correct um I don't know if it's ultimately about that but it is you I, I don't think they think they're not in that conversation with Lillard but they probably think it would help. But again, it would. It depends on what you're moving out because, you know, if you're moving out that package, again, the OG package, let's call it, what are you trading to make that work financially? Like, like, like it, it just becomes hard to make it work and all fit on the same timeline. Like, I'm not saying it can't. Sure. Like I like like obviously you could extend and trade Scotty when he becomes eligible. You can sign Pascal and then trade him, and that's a big part of it. But it becomes like it it's very difficult to make it part of the same timeline, I would say. Um, yeah, that'd be a dream. But I, I don't think that's what the Lillard trade is all about. It, it's partly about it, but not all about it. Yeah, but we'll be we'll be doing this next summer talking about Giannis because you know just the way that the way that the world works. <laughs> Remember basketball, Dave? Yeah, hey, listen. I, I hey. know, I know, I know how much of an old man I sound, uh, old man I sound like, and I like, I don't like it, and like I do like thinking about front office machinations. Sure. I like it's it's interesting. I get why people are interested. I'm interested. It's just not all that I'm interested in, and and that's like. That's where it becomes exhausting to me. Um, but none of these front offices owe it to me to not exhaust me mentally. They, That's they right. Have, it's a it's an 82 game league. 82 game league, according to Adam Silver. 12 months. 12 months a year, <laughs> baby. Coverage. Let's go. All right. Uh, go and check out Eric's work over at The Athletic. He covers the Raptors better than anybody. Um, and, and again, this column is worth reading because he does kind of lay out exactly the process that would be involved and, and why it's not exactly the best move. Eric Kareen, thank you very much for joining me here on the Athletic NBA Show. We'll be back later on this week with more Athletic NBA Show.